all, let's celebrate this morning. Amen. Amen. We'll have a seat. We're going to jump in. Today's a good day, isn't it? Did everybody celebrate yesterday, the 4th of July? All right. Good. Me too. It was my first and if you're new today, you're like, wait a second, what? It was my first 4th of July as an American citizen. You're like, you'll probably hear where I'm from in my sermon today, okay? You'll probably hear an accent that's not too far away from here. And you're like, oh, okay, now we know why, he said. as a first. So let's jump in today. Listen, back in March, um, we went through... Uh, this series called Bless This Home. Does anybody remember that series? If you don't, go online. It's on the website. Um, we started with the Sermon on the Mount. What's really exciting about this, this sermon, it's like the greatest sermon of all time. You can find it in, from Matthew 5 to 7. We're going to look at Matthew 7 today. But I want to show you this image. And this is kind of approximately uh, where this sermon took place. Wouldn't that be a beautiful place to just kind of sit down and listen to Jesus? Isn't that all? Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? And so this location, or approximately, was where the Sermon on the Mount was. You're thinking of this giant mountain. There's not giant mountains. There's pretty large hills and mountains there. But, but so today, would you kind of just sit and listen to Jesus today? All, all of what we're reading today is just Matthew we're going to go verse by verse. Sometimes we'll, we'll pause from some topical sermons. We'll go verse by verse today through Matthew 7, 1 to 6. So if you want to open up your Bible there. But before that, you have this amazing sermon where Jesus shows up and everybody's kind of following Jesus around. So he's like, okay, I've got everybody's attention now. Let me speak. And so he starts in, in Matthew 5 and 6, he starts telling them about the salt and light. He even preaches on things like murder and adultery and divorce and oaths, love your enemies, giving. He speaks on prayer and fasting, heaven, and so much more. Listen, if you have a question about any of those topics I just mentioned, read Matthew 5 and 6. It's all in there. Jesus spells it out. It's all in red letters. It's all from him saying, this is what you do in this area. This is what giving looks like. This is what prayer looks like. But this week, I wanted to start with the last part of this sermon. And it's pretty exciting, this, this little piece, because we, we get to hear some topics that, that maybe go a little deeper. Like, yes, we know that murder is wrong. We know that adultery is wrong. But then we get into this, this moment where we think it's kind of a gray area. We're like, well, I don't know about this. So let's, let's look at this together. I'm going to read the, the piece of Scripture and then we're going to kind of go verse by verse through. Does that sound good? Let's look at this together. Matthew 5, or sorry, Matthew 7, 1 to 6 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there was a plank in your own eye? Verse 5, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. 
Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Let's pray. And if someone is kind enough to get me a bottle of water, that would be helpful. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much today for your goodness. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us as we start this series in Matthew 7, the last part of your Sermon on the Mount, Lord, I pray that you speak life into us, encourage us, correct us. We receive your word today. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. amen. So if you have a way to take some notes today, listen, this is, I'm going back to what I love to do is have a Bible study. Can we have a Bible study at church? Okay, I'm going to preach a little bit, but we're going to have a little bit of a Bible study. Is that all right? All right? Good. And so we're going to jump in here. Let's read verse 1 and 2 again. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Verse 2, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Listen, we've all heard this scripture, right? The world has even heard the scripture. People who aren't Christians, this is like the most popular scripture, right? And guess what? They all use like the King James Version, right? Want to hear it? <laughs> judge not. That ye not be judged. Right? We do it in an English accent. It helps it. Hello. Judge not. That ye be not judged. Right? Sounds so much better, right? We've all heard this scripture before, haven't we? Oh, there we go. Come on, let's give it up for Emma. Look at this. Thank you. Wow. We've all heard this scripture before. This is one of the world's most favorite scriptures to use. Christians, non-Christians, everybody in between, right? People love the scriptures, the scripture. Yet most people kind of quote this scripture and don't really understand what Jesus is talking about. Because they're not reading it into context here. They seem to think, or hope, or we do sometimes... We hope, we think, that Jesus commands a universal acceptance of any lifestyle, of any teaching. Right? Well, don't judge me. Right? It's kind of this hope like, well, I'm not really doing anything wrong. As Christians, we're called to show unconditional love to people, aren't we? But we're not called to unconditionally approve of people, of what they do, right? Even of ourselves, right? We can really love people who do things that we don't approve of. Isn't that awesome? That God gave us this special gift in us that things that are against the word of God, if they do it, we can still love them. Doesn't mean we love what they do, but it means that we have a special place in our heart for everybody because God does, right? He came to seek, it says in, in Luke 17, he came, or 19, he came to seek and to save those or that, that which was lost, right? So we have to have, if we're Christ followers, we have to have that in our heart too. If we don't, we, we should pray for that. Because that can cause a lot of tension in our world if there's Christians who don't love people, <laughs> right? We've got half of it. We've got his love. We need to take that love and, and keep releasing it 
to other people, the people around us. Amen? There we go. Listen, love the person, not their sin. Listen, we do this all the time. It's easy with the person that we do it for. Right? All right, we sin and we love ourselves, most of us, right? Right, unless we're a Patriots fan, right? Ooh. But, we, but we do this, but we do this all the time. We have so much forgiveness for ourselves, right? So if we can show that unconditional love, not acceptance of the sin, but the love for us, why can't we do it for other people? And that's where we're going to get into this really, like Jesus is going to show us what he's talking about. He's, he's going to show us this physically funny thing, right? But Listen, this word truth, and this is where truth comes in. These first two couple verses. It's like judge not uh, so that you won't be judged in this way, right? Jesus isn't saying do not judge at all ever, right? Right? Because you have to judge some things. You're like, okay, is this the church that I should go to? You can, you can judge people by their fruit. If it's a Christ follower, say, okay, is, there, is the fruit, are they showing the fruit in their life? But that doesn't mean that I'm judging you. That means, okay, okay, yes. I think that, that what she's talking about is right because it's coming from the right place. So truth, stick to biblical truth. Listen, opinions in our culture will change, right? What our culture thought like two months ago was different from what they thought 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 30 years ago. Listen, our culture our American culture is not perfect, and it's not Christ-centered. We're trying for it to be, but it's not. It's imperfect. But God's truth is perfect. The, the, where he says that his standard is, is perfect. His things never change, right? It doesn't change. His standard doesn't move and sway with culture. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just... This sin isn't sin anymore. We'll just kind of, we'll, we'll, we're, yeah. You know, God doesn't go off of the consensus when he talks about sin, right? It's not like, okay, well, okay, 52% vote yes. Okay, well, then we got a consensus here. We'll, we'll mark that out of the word. It doesn't work that way. We have a fixed point, and it's biblical truth. Right? And we have, and maybe we do have to speak some truth to people. You know, I love this, this quote from George Orwell, not the best perfect guy, but I love it. It says, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those that speak it, that speak truth. Isn't that so true? Yeah. Right? So we need to speak truth in love. We need to pause before we speak that truth. We're going to see near the end of this, these verses that we're talking about today, that where we should put our truth and where we should maybe say, okay, that, pers that person is not ready for it or they don't care about it. They don't care about that kind of truth. You know, I, this is... Um, 
there was a, uh, a recent study of pastors, and the, one of the questions on the, on the thing was, and this one's kind of hard to hear, okay? But it's, there was this recent study, and pastors had to answer this question. Do people in your church, or what percentage of people in your church love America more than they love Jesus? 53% was the number of the average of the pastors who answered the question. Listen, do we love America more than we love the truth? Listen, I love America, right? But we need to love Jesus more and put his morals and truth in the forefront of everything we do. We can't, right? It's okay. We love, we love America. We shoot off fireworks, right? But at the end of the day, Jesus is the truth. His truth doesn't shift or change over time. Amen? Listen, also, there's this point where sometimes we judge blindly. Have you ever seen, like, you know how everybody says you can't judge a book by its cover? It's true, right? You can't judge a book by its cover. Maybe, maybe you've met someone, and right away you're like, oh. Or you see what it says on their shirt, or you see that they're from here, or whatever. And we, we judge people quickly, right? And it's very, do you know why we do that? Because it's easy. And you know what? As people, we like to do easy things, right? That's why we created the dishwasher, right? That's why we have microwaves. Everybody has a microwave. And if you don't, you know, I'm sure there's one in the, in the portable out here. We have lots of stuff out there. <laughs> we'll get you one. But we all like it easy. But you know what? Going the distance and creating relationships with people is harder, but at the end of the day, you won't assume. You're not going to judge this person anymore. You're going to come alongside them and love on them and help them with the truth. Look, Jesus asked two questions here, and they're very similar, and it's, it's actually kind of a funny visual. So do you mind passing me this, this here? And uh, I've got a plank, okay? Come on. Here we go. This is not the beating stick, Okay. Let's, let's look at this, verse 3 and 4. Do not look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Come on up here, Andrew, if you don't mind. Come on, man. Let's give it up for Andrew. And uh, Andrew's going to come stand here, and I'm going to try my best. You mind? Uh, maybe. I don't know how we're going to do this. So, so I've got this plank here, and um, this is going to hurt. Is that okay? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we all have this, this visual, this visual of this plank, right? Come on. Right? And then we come over here, and I'm like, okay, Andrew. Trying to trying to get the speck. There's a speck over there in your eye. See, I can't even like reach his face to get this. Uh, let me try a different. Maybe this arm is longer. Let me try this. Okay. It's all right. I put this up here. Okay. 
I can't do it, can I? Come on, give it up for Andrew, thanks. He thought I was going to hurt him. It's very funny, isn't it? And you'll remember this, you'll remember this forever. And Jesus knew that. He, he was such a great storyteller and still is. He's still telling the stories. But isn't it silly to think that we could do that? Right? Even if I didn't have a mic in the other hand, there'd be no way I could help Andrew. This plank represents how visible our sin should be to us. It should be right there in our face. It should be so close to say, you know what? I know what mine is. I know what I need freedom from. I know what I, I need these chains broken from. And Jesus doesn't want this to always be there. Right? And so look at, look at this. Look at this visual again. Think about it. The sawdust is so small, it's still in there. It's very irritating, isn't it? Have you ever got something in your eye? Listen, for some reason, we, we have a golf cart, okay? And in the summertime, I take the windshield off of it because to me, it's just way too, it's way too hot. And I never get anything in my eye. Tara, every time we go out, something in her eye. So now she even wears, she, when we go out at night, she even wears, she even wears sunglasses at night. I wear my sun. Okay. Um, she even wears sunglasses at night so she doesn't get anything in her eye because it's so irritating. So it is important that we get this out of our eye. But then remember that it is irritating that someone has something in theirs. When our, when our judgment in regard to others is wrong, it is often not because we judge according to a standard, but because we are hypocritical in our standard. Listen, here's my standard for me, and here's my standard for you. Listen, I notice it all the time in me. I'm like, oh, I can't believe Emma did that. I'll correct her. And, um, and then God's like, uh, what about you? Right? Or I'll say something to my wife, and then God's like, what about you? Our standards, Jesus is saying, listen, there needs to be a level playing field in our judgment. He's not saying don't judge. He's saying there's a measure of judgment. And where is your measure? If you measure it this way, guess what? You're going to be judged that way as well. But if you come into this thing and have some love and some mercy and you got a relationship with somebody, then it looks a lot different. We ignore the standard in our own life. It is common to judge others by one standard and ourselves by another or even a lower standard. Being far more generous. We're so generous with ourselves, aren't we? Right? We're so generous with, with what we do. But when someone else does it, oh no. It's the end of the world. Right? Maybe. Listen, when you see it also, when it comes to judgment, have you noticed that you judge people Maybe it's in your mind or even you might say something, but a lot of times it's something that you have an issue with as well. And so you're trying to, you know that you've got this plank in your eye, right? You can knock somebody out with it when you hit them, smack. Okay, let's look, let's look at the next, next verse here. 
Matthew 7, 5, it says, you hypocrite. Listen, we were, we were reading this the other night, and I told Emma at the beginning, we were doing a reading before bed, and I said, this is Jesus. He's, he's talking to all these people. And when we got to that part, Emma's face just went like this. She couldn't believe that Jesus said, you hypocrite. <laughs> but listen, we need correction sometimes, don't we? Listen, we can't come to church and always have a fluffy, you know, time, right? It needs to be hard sometimes. We need to be corrected. We need a little bit of a encouragement, right? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly, here's where we get to the point where everybody's like, don't judge. You can't judge ever. Look at this. It says, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Okay, now pause there for a minute. Notice a couple things. Jesus doesn't want us to have this plank in our eye. He wants us to remove it so we can see clearly. Listen, our theme for the year is I can see clearly now, right? So 2020 vision, we, we have this idea that God will set us free, that he'll give us freedom, that we can see clearly, that the veil that was, that's in our way can be, that can be taken away. And today we're talking about the plank, about the sin, maybe the, the things that are in our life. And Jesus is like, no, no, get rid of that, but don't stop there, right? Right, our world is mostly like, you do you, boo-boo, right? You do your thing, you leave me alone, I'll do my thing, you do your thing. But in the church, Jesus is saying, listen, you, you don't do you. <laughs> you follow my standards, take that out, now you can see clearly, and now you can, what does it say? Now you can remove the speck from your brother's eye. All right, come on back up, Andrew. Come on, man. Run. Run, run, run. Don't fall. Okay, so now I've removed this. And now Andrew and I are pretty close buddies, right? Um, he's a good young man. Oh, stay here. Stay here. He's going away from me. He's green. Um, I, have my green I have my green thing in my pocket. But... Look at the key word here, it says, brothers. Okay, it could be sisters, it could be family. But it's, it says brothers. So now, guess what? I can, I'm close to you now. There's no dividing thing that's between you and me. And I can say, hey man, I dealt with such and such before. Can I, can I help you? You know, I've been noticing. And, and we make a relationship with each other. I think that, that we're too scared to go to our brother and our sister and point out something. I think if we have a relationship with them and we love them and we're not doing it because of, we're high and mighty hypocrites, but we're like, hey, listen, man, I want to help you. I love you. That's how we do it, right? Amen. Come on, let's give Andrew another hand. Thanks, man. Jesus wants to help us and others see clearly. He wants us to get the plank out of our eye. He wants us to grow so that others can grow. Listen, if we're all walking around with planks in our eyes, we're knocking people out with the planks, right? We're just, we're just all walking. We can't even get close to each other. But when we remove that issue, when we allow God to remove it and give us freedom, we can see clear and we can help others. We can encourage people. Listen, I don't take this... Um, 
as a negative scripture because Jesus is calling me a hypocrite. I take this as an encouragement that God loves me so much that he doesn't want me walking around with this in my life anymore. That he wants me to have freedom and he wants me to experience his love so that I can pass it on to the next person and the next person. Amen? Listen, in the scripture, Jesus isn't giving us permission not to say something. Because people always take this like, okay, I'm going to do my, my life. And... No, that's not it at all. He is giving us the right way to do something about our downfalls and the people that are brothers and sisters. He's giving us permission. He's showing us the right way to do it. How can we do it if this is there? But you know what the enemy wants to do? I was texting with some people this week, and David pointed out this a little bit. And the enemy wants to keep our, he want, you know what he wants for us? He wants to plank in this eye. He wants to plank over here in this eye. And he wants us to have those there. The enemy wants to keep us silent. Do you know that? It's like, oh, well, if I have this plank in my eye, I, I just have to be silent. He wants the Christian to be silent because he knows that a silent Christian with sin is a powerless Christian. And that that person can't do anything in the kingdom. But Jesus knows that a powerful Christian has no plank in their eye and has freedom and has a great marriage that they're working on. It's not going to be perfect. Listen, Jesus didn't prohibit the judgment of others. If you don't mind coming, uh, Jacob. He didn't prohibit the judgment of others. He only requires that our judgment be completely fair. And that we only judge others by a standard we would like to be judged by ourselves. Listen, Jesus isn't denying the need of discernment, okay? People are like, well, we can't judge at all. No, no. There's just a right way to go about doing so. Look what it says in 1 Peter 4, 7 to 8. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because the love covers over a multitude of sin. Jesus lets us know that we can discern or judge, because people always think that judge, judging is a negative thing, right? It's not really. It can be. But if it's done the right way, people think, well, no, Jesus is saying, listen, you can see people by their fruit. Literally in the same chapter that we'll, we'll look at down the road, it says the same chapter, but verses 16 and 17, Matthew 7, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. So we can look around. We can discern somebody because of the fruit that they bear or that they don't. Can we stand before we go today? 
this final scripture here. Look at this. Verse 6 in, in chapter 7 of Matthew. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under your feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Listen, that is some strong language. Now this part, I believe, the way I've studied, is that this part is for, for believers giving out truth to people who oppose God. Listen, arguments on Facebook with people who, who oppose God are senseless. <laughs> because guess what's going to happen? They're going to trample it. Look, pearls to pigs. Listen, God's not calling people pigs or dogs, okay? But he is saying there is moments where his truth is going to go out and people are going to trample it. The most important thing you can do as someone who is an unbeliever, who is far from Christ, is share the good news of Jesus. Amen? Listen, Jesus didn't... Have you ever been fishing before? We got some fishermen in the house, right? You out fishing? Do you clean the fish first or do you catch the fish? You Oh, you catch it first? Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So you catch the fish, right? So we got this great job as Christ followers to catch that fish. And the Holy Spirit will clean the fish for us. Isn't that awesome? So we could be careful where that truth goes careful not to judge people. I can't believe the movie you're watching. Listen, they don't even know Jesus yet. <laughs> Come on, catch that fish first. Amen? Arguments with people that oppose God is useless. You can't argue with someone. You can't argue somebody into the kingdom. You can argue them further away, though. Right? So I want to I challenge you with a couple things before we go. Number one, Pause and pray. Listen, the first thing we need to do is say, God, please forgive me. Take the plank out of my eye. Number two, be humble. God's calling for us to be humble believers who say, you know what? I, I, I have something I got to deal with, but I, I think I can help you with yours. Number three, be honest. Be honest with yourself. Like, you know, I do have an issue. Maybe you need to get someone to come over to your place and get the speck out of your eye, help you out. And that's okay. And then lastly, be full of grace. Listen, the gospel is about this amazing word called grace. It's undeserved favor. Jesus had it for me. <clears throat> Why can't I have it for somebody else? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you today for your word. Thank you for this Bible study that we get to do here on Sunday morning. Lord, I pray that, that we would hear your words, that we would take this with us this week when we see someone say, okay, do I have a plank in my eye? Is there something that I need to take care of? Is there sin in my life? And help me to discern about others. Help me to serve others. Help me to help them with the speck in their eye. In Jesus' name. And the church said, come on, we celebrated. Amen.